So we are confused, aren't we, when it comes to what we mean by just talking. And, and if we know anything, we know that if we have different definitions of a word or of a concept, then we are going to have different expectations. And so if one person means one thing with just talking and another person means another thing, there is a problem. Here's, here's generally the, the concept of just talking. It's when two people are not exclusive with each other, nor have they established what they are as a couple, but they have some sort of relationship. Yeah, we're just talking. Oh yeah, me and him are talking. Me and her are talking. I, I went and we, I looked at my favorite place to look up uh, terms that we use in America, and it's Urban Dictionary. And here's uh, the great definition or, or idea that Urban Dictionary has about just talking. It's the stage between just friends and dating. It usually ends badly without closure, as there wasn't an actual relationship to begin with. Almost never material, materializes into a real relationship either. Also, really stupid. Basically, it's just friends with benefits, but both parties actually have feelings for the other person. It's really confusing because that should just be called dating. That should just be called dating. But, but whatever you call it, talking, dating, uh, going out, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever, um, like we're talking about the same thing here. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about romance. I still remember the first time I had a uh, quote-unquote relationship. And uh, I was in fifth grade, um, you know, fifth grade, kind of running my school, Lowry Elementary. Um, and, and guys, just so you know, fifth grade was the, the height of my popularity. I remember I was actually popular, not necessarily in my entire class. I was just popular in my one fifth grade class, like my one little portable of 30 students, um, which can even be popular among 30 people. But like I was popular. And there was this other popular girl. Her name was Tiffany Nana Baker. Tiffany Nana Baker was about four feet tall, 35 pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes. And, uh, and I, like, I liked her. I had a crush on her. And, um, and I decided I, I want her to be my girlfriend. You know, I'm a fifth grader. It's time. It's time. So, uh, so I sent her a note, and uh, it was like the original text, and, and it said, do you like me? Check yes, check no. That was the only option. I didn't give her a maybe option. That's just confusing. So I sent it to her. She sends it back, and she had checked off. Oh, my gosh. She checked off yes, and I was like, yes. And that meant we were now going out. We were now boyfriend and girlfriend, and everybody else knew about it. The stupid thing was I never actually even asked her out. I never asked her to be my girlfriend. It's just like she liked me. I actually never even said that I liked her. I just asked her if she liked me. But, but that is what started a relationship. And uh, our relationship lasted about eight days, something like that, um, which is a long time in fifth grade years. And, um, and we, we uh, were going out, but we actually never really even talked. Um, kind of the height of our relationship was we were in line. I mean, we're in elementary school after all. We were in line, and I was uh, near the front of the line. She was towards the back of the line. And, and we were going down the sidewalks, and there was a left turn on the sidewalk. And as we're walking da- back, uh, walking down, I look back, and she was looking at me. And I, I still remember the moment we locked eyes, and we both smiled. And that, that was the extent of our relationship. That was like the farthest it ever got was that we looked at each other and smiled. And later she would break up with me, and uh, she broke up with me because um, she decided to start going out with my best friend in the class. So... From there on, it was kind of downhill for me. 
until the end of high school. But, but that was my first talking experience. And again, you can call it whatever you want, but we all deal with this, don't we? We all deal with, with wanting to be wanted. We all deal with um, wanting uh, someone to like us and, and wanting to find someone that we like and wanting to be with somebody. We see the movies, we hear the music, like, like it's a huge deal to, to human beings as a whole. Now, this series isn't designed to encourage or discourage dating. We're not going to stand up here and say, you should or you shouldn't. In fact, it is the negatives to dating at a young age. There are some really good things about it, and there are some really bad things about it. And quite honestly, some of you should date. Some of you can date, and some of you, quite honestly, shouldn't get anywhere near a dating relationship. But we're not going to encourage you or discourage you because, because that's not really the point. I, I remember when I was growing up, um, there was this book written called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And it, it kind of passed through all the churches. And, and, and so all these church youth groups started teaching their kids, you just shouldn't date. Here was the, here was the reasoning. And the reasoning kind of makes sense, but, the, but the, the solution doesn't. The reasoning was people are getting hurt in dating relationships. A lot of young people aren't ready for it. So we should just not date. We shouldn't even participate in what the world calls dating. Now, understandable, but the solution is not just to say, we just won't date. That's just weird. That's stu- it just doesn't, it's not really a good solution. It would be like saying, well, people get in car accidents. It costs a lot of money. People get hurt. Some people even die. And so we're just not going to drive anymore. We're going to outlaw driving. No one should drive a car. We would all say that, that's stupid. No, we should learn to drive better. We should learn to drive safer. We should learn to drive wiser. But we should still drive. I mean, driving's a good thing. Relationships are a good thing. Dating, meeting people, it's all a good thing. But we need to know how to do it well. We need to know how to do it well. So we're not going to stand up here and, and say, just don't date. That's stupid. We're going to talk about doing it well. The point of this series, the point of this series is to figure out how we can date in the best way possible. The point of this series is to figure out how we can date in the best way possible. Now, as we talked about uh, back in January and February, as we, as we looked at the path uh, of our life and where we were going, the truth is the best way in life is God's way. Because we have a loving Heavenly Father who knows everything, who knows exactly what we need. And he's given us rules. He's given us commands. He's given us wisdom in order to see us live the best life possible. So godly equals best. Doesn't equal easiest, but it does equal best. And so we are going to talk about how to date in the best way possible, which is actually the godliest way possible. And here's why. I've talked to so many people. I've seen my friends when I was in high school who were in relationships that were were bad. I've seen uh, people in college. As a life group leader, I've seen some of my my, my boys go through relationships. As a a student pastor, as as a staff member, I've seen many of you go through relationships and go through situations that cause needless pain. I've had people crying in my office because of the pain of a relationship. And I'll sit there and I'll think, could have been avoided. You didn't have to go through this. Yes, there's going to be pain in relationships. There always is. Breakups aren't easy. When someone rejects you, it's not easy. But there's a lot of needless pain that we go through. Self-inflicted wounds. 
things that we do to ourselves, things that we do that just aren't wise, they aren't smart, and then we are hurt by them. And we can avoid so much pain if we would learn how to date in a godlier way or to date in the best way. Now, here's the thing about this series. Here's the thing about talking about dating in church. The truth is, there is not one mention of dating in the entire Bible. The concept is not even a part of the Bible. There are no Bible verses. There's nothing about Jesus and, and, and how he dated. Like there, there is nothing for us if we're talking specifically about dating. And here's why. The Bible was written, most of it, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. And so we have to understand they're, they're, they didn't have the concept of, of dating at that time. Dating is actually a very recent thing, and I know some of you are. In fact, dating has only existed, even in America, for about 100 years. This idea that you go to somebody who you find attractive and who you like, and you ask them out, and you go on dates, and you get to know each other, and then you might break up and you go to someone else. Like, that idea does not exist, even in other cultures today. There are a lot of other cultures today where that does not exist. And certainly in, in the time the Bible was written, it really didn't exist anywhere. And so, of course, it doesn't mention it. But just because it doesn't mention it doesn't mean it doesn't speak to it. Let's go back to the car example. The Bible does not mention automobiles. It does not mention freeways and highways and speed limits and all of that. But, but the Bible does speak about how we should drive. Why? Because the Bible talks about not letting anger take hold of us. The Bible talks about being patient. The Bible talks about valuing others. The Bible talks about uh, uh, loving others and, and letting others go first and the first shall be last. Like the Bible talks about driving. It just doesn't say driving. It says a whole bunch of things that we can apply to driving. In the same way, the Bible says a whole bunch of things about relationships that we can apply to dating, even if it doesn't say the word dating. And scripture has, has a lot of information on relationships. And a lot of it is very broad, very general, so that it can apply to any relationship. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take what, what the Bible says in a couple of different verses and apply it to dating. And because of that, this series won't have a ton of scripture. We're not going to be going through like three chapters a week. We're not going to be looking at some narrative of Jesus or, or the disciples or something in the Old Testament. We're not going to look at a ton of Scripture. What we're going to do is we're going to take two Scriptures, and we're going to filter those into dating. We're going to take them and make them specific, apply them, apply what the Bible says about relationships, and apply it specifically to dating. So the first Scripture I want us to look at is John 13, verse 34. John chapter 13, verse 34. Now, before I, before I read this, I, I want you to, to just backtrack a, a couple of months before this, this happened. There's this guy that comes up to Jesus, and he says, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, well, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, there's a second one that's like it. What, what he's saying is, there's a second one that really, they go hand in hand. They're two, but they're kind of one. And it's love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, the entire Old Testament, what the prophets said, all the commands, all the laws, all of them can be summed up in these two commands, which are really just one. Love God and love people. So, so come back to, 
to where we are in, in chapter 13 of John. And, and Jesus is with the disciples. He's about to go to the cross. And he says, hey, guys, I've got a new command for you. Love one another. And at this, they probably would have been like, what do you mean? That, that's not new. Like, you, you've told us that before. I know, you've said love each other like a million times. But then he continues, and he's going to add in the part that makes it new. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And they were like, wow, yeah, you do love us. But they didn't really understand it yet. Because Jesus was about 12 hours away from showing him the true, showing them this true extent of his love. Because the next day, he would be flogged, his skin ripped off, bleeding. He would be cursed at, spit upon, blindfolded, have a crown of thorns jabbed into his head. He would be beaten with rods and punched in the face. He would be made fun of. And then they would throw a beam across his back and make him carry it outside of the city. As people yelled at him and screamed at him and pushed him down. And then they'd get him up on a hill. Naked through his hands and his feet to a cross. And hang him up so that he would suffocate in his own blood. And I know some of y'all are like, I thought this was a dating series. What are you talking about? Trust me, this has everything to do with dating. Because what Jesus was saying was what I'm about to do for you on the cross tomorrow, that's the extent of my love. And as I have loved you, so you should love one another. Basically, he was taking those two commands, love God and love people, he was putting them together. He was saying, because of your relationship with God, as God has loved you, so you love other people. You can't be good with God when you're not good with people. You can't just say, man, I love God so much and treat everybody like trash. The way God has loved you should affect the way you love other people. And I want to look at one other scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Paul's writing, and he says this, Be devoted to one another in love. Very similar to what Jesus said. Be devoted to one another in love. But then he continues, and he adds in another little note. Kind of breaks it down a little bit. He says, honor one another above yourselves. This word for honor, this Greek word for honor, has the meaning of value. What it's basically saying is, you should put value on other people. In what way? You should value other people above yourselves. Other people should be treated as more valuable than you are. Not because they are, but because you choose to treat them that way. That's what honor is. And so Jesus and Paul talk about these ideas. You should love people as God has loved you. You should love them, be devoted to them. You should honor them. You should value them. So here's what all of this has to do with dating. And here's what this whole series is going to be based around. We should date in a way that honors God and values others. We should date in a way that honors God and values others. Here's why this is so crazy. Because dating, in its definition, in its description, is not about valuing other people. It's about valuing yourself. How hot of a girl can I get? How good looking of a guy can I get? How smart is the person I can get with? How talented are they? How popular are they? How do they dress? Hey, 
This is the concept of dating. You go up to somebody, I think you're hot. Do you think I'm hot? Can we be mutually beneficial? Okay, I'm kind of tired of you. There's someone else who I think's hotter. I think he or she may like me, so I'm going to I'm going to leave you. I'm going to them. Let's see how we can be mutually beneficial to each other. Let's say if let's see if we can 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 like hanging out together. Let's see what we can get from each other. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm cool with you. We're going to keep going out, but there's someone over here that's very good looking. Just I'm not going to tell you about it. Hey, hey, you're hot. Do you think I'm hot? Hey, hey, you want to you want to you want to kind of have something, but, but I have a girlfriend, I have a boyfriend. We're, we're just going to have something on the side. And this is the way we, we treat dating. You know what? Both of you, I'm done with both of you. I found someone better. I, I'm moving up the ladder. I found a 10. You guys are 7.5s if you're lucky. Like that's, that's the way we, we look at dating. It's this, it's this like economy where we're just going from time. And so how do we value people in a world in an arena where people don't value people. They value themselves. That's the difficulty. And I think a lot of us just want God to, to give us this, 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 this direct command. You should do this. And he has. A lot of times we try to act like Jesus' greatest command doesn't apply to dating. Yes, it does. Love one another. Hey, let's apply that to dating. That's all we need. We don't need anything else. Let's date in a way that honors God with how we date, with, with, with the way that we look at dating, and let's date in a way that values the other person, that makes them more important than ourselves. And, and can I tell you, this is where a lot of Christians in this room, outside of this room, are missing the point. We got a lot of people who love Jesus, who go on the mission trips, who read the Bible, who, who are in the life groups, and who've done all this great stuff, and they are destroying their witness because of the way they date people. There are guys that everyone considers a jerk. There are girls that everyone considers a serial dater. Someone who just goes after whoever uses and abuses them, throw them away. Why do they think that? Because they do it. Because we got a bunch of Christians who have not applied the golden rule, who have not applied loving God and loving people to dating. They're not inviting God into that area, and so they're just doing whatever they want, whenever they want, and then they're just dating on their own. And the world's looking at Christians and like, that, that doesn't match up with the rest of your life. It's because we're trying to separate dating out. See, a lot of times we try to, we try to go on a date, we try to do what we want to do with dating, and then we try to just invite God along. Hey, God, you want to be my third wheel? Jesus, come on, we're going to Chili's. It's going to be great. And Jesus is like, I, I don't function as a third wheel. That, that's not how God works. See, we shouldn't try to fit God into our dating life. And that sounds holy, but we shouldn't be trying to fit God into our dating life. We should fit our dating life into God. In other words, we should take our dating life and put it before God and say, what do you want me to do? That's part of honoring God. What do you want me to do? You're smarter than I am. You're wiser than I am. You are God. I'm not. What do you want me to do with my dating relationships? Who we date, why we date, when we date, how we date. That should all revolve around God. See, we can't just date how we want and then try to cram God in there at the last second. Or just sprinkle a little Jesus on top. That's not how God works. This missionary to China, J. Hudson Taylor, uh, has this famous quote where he says, Christ is either Lord of all 
or he is not Lord at all. Christ is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. Either he's Lord of your dating life and everything else, or if you try to exclude him from part of your life, maybe he's not the Lord. And I'm not saying that you're not a Christian. I'm just saying maybe you don't understand what it means for Jesus to be the Lord of your life if you're saying, Jesus, you can have this stuff, but I'm gonna keep dating and relationships and sex and I'm gonna keep all that to myself. And so that is how we are going to look at dating through the lens of honoring God with how we do it and valuing other people. And they are very related. They go hand in hand. When we value other people, we're honoring God. And when we honor God, we're gonna value other people. And so what we have to do before we get into who we should date and how we should date and, and, and when, to, when to start dating and, 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 and uh, like how to ask someone out or how to break up with somebody, like all that kind of stuff. Before we get up to all of that, we've got to establish something very important. We've got to establish why. Why do we date? Because we need to know why we do something or else we won't do it very well or we won't even know how to do it. For instance, when you play a, a sport, why do you play a sport? Ultimately, we play sports to win. Now, I know some people are like, oh, you know, we just play to have fun. But listen, we play sports to win. It's a competition. And when you want to win, if that's the why, then everything's going to change. You are going to have tryouts. You're going to train. You're going to work out. You're going to have practices. You're going to have plays. You're going to have the best players. Then anyone can play. Then you don't have to be organized. Then you just go out there and you see what happens. It changes the way you function. And so we need to know why we date before we get into how we date, because the why will change the how. So why should we date? Why do we date? Why does dating even exist? Let me tell you why we shouldn't date. Let me give you just some, some quick reasons why, date, why, why you should not get into dating. Here's one, because you're, lo- because you're lonely. Loneliness is a terrible reason to date. If you don't like your life without a girlfriend or boyfriend, you are not going to like your life with a girlfriend or boyfriend. They are not going to satisfy your loneliness. It's not a good reason. You might even find yourself being more lonely. You shouldn't date for sex or for physical pleasure. You will ruin yourself and someone else. You will ruin the relationship if that's all you're about. Relationships are so much more than that. You shouldn't date because you're bored. And I know some of you are like, well, we don't do that. People just date just because. Uh, Might as well. They like me. Okay, cool. That's not a reason to date. That's not a good reason to date. That won't lead to healthy relationships. That won't lead to valuing people and honoring God. We shouldn't date for status and popularity, but so often we do that. We're like, how good looking of a guy or girl can I go out with? How popular are they? What kind of status does it give me if I date this this person? Or, Or what kind of status does it give me if I've dated so many people this year? And guess what? It might matter to you for a little bit. Your friends might kind of think you're cool. Then you're gonna go to college. And someone's going to be talking to you and be like, yeah, man, I dated like 10 girls last semester. And they'd be like, man, nobody cares. High school, like, who cares about high school? Oh, everybody was cool in high school. Like, whatever. Like, move on. Like, it's not that cool. And yet we, 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 like, we work so hard to use dating as a status symbol. And we shouldn't date for experience. This isn't a video game. We're not trying to get 10 million experience points and like just try to get better and better and better and like and more and more points. And like, oh, I'm so experienced. I'm so cool. I remember that was like a cool thing when I was younger. Like, oh, how experienced are you? And it's like, that's a stupid reason to date. You're using people. 
That's not valuing people. You shouldn't even date for emotions. Yeah, they're part of it. But if you only go with your emotions, you're going to end up in some places you don't want to be in. So those are, all the, those are all terrible reasons why you should date. Here's the ultimate reason why we should date. We should date with the end in mind. We should date with a purpose. And I got a, I got a nice, rhyming, memorable thing for you. Here it is. Here's why we date. Ultimately why we date. We date to find a mate. We date to find a mate. We date to get married. That's why we date. That's why we have this system where we're trying to find somebody. Why are we trying to find them? To get married, to be with, to be in a permanent relationship with. Jesus talked about marriage. He was actually talking about divorce, but he's, he quotes this scripture from Genesis when asked about divorce. And, and he's going to speak a little bit about what marriage is and why it's important. Here's what he says in verse 4 of chapter 19 in Matthew. He says, haven't you read that at the beginning the creator, that is God, made them male and female? And God said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. They will become one emotionally, spiritually, financially, physically, sexually. They will become one flesh. And then he repeats himself. So they are no longer two. They're not two individual people. It's not just a man and a woman. They are one flesh. And therefore, because of this, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Let no one separate. Here's what Jesus is saying. And he's just reinforcing what God said. Marriage is important. Marriage is sacred. Marriage is the goal. He's not saying you have to be married. Some people are called to be single. Some people will never be married. Some people will get married early or, or, or date some early and then never be with someone for the rest of their life. That, that's not the command. Jesus is just telling us something. Marriage matters. Marriage is important. And so let's backtrack a little bit. Why do we date? We're dating to get to marriage or to get to the point where we realize marriage isn't for me. But we're dating to go somewhere. We're not just dating just to go on these random dates with a bunch of people and just get, 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 get all these experiences and all these broken relationships and, and all that kind of stuff. We are dating to get somewhere. We're dating to get to marriage because date to find a mate. Now, I know the question you're asking in your mind. Well, what's that mean for me? Are you just saying that teenagers shouldn't date? Because surely, Ryan, you're not telling us that, that we should be trying to find a mate at 13, at 15, at 17, in high school, middle school. Surely you're not saying that. And that is not what I'm saying at all. Trust me. I don't think anybody, any of you are ready to get married. I don't think any of you should want to get married at this age. That's not the point. And I'm not saying uh, just don't date until you're ready to get married. No, 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 what I'm saying is we should date with the goal, with the end in mind, with trying to find a mate in mind. Well, how can I do that? If I'm not going to be married for 15 years, how can I date right now to find a mate? Here's how. Every relationship, every relationship should help you better define what type of person you are becoming or, or what type of person you are looking for and what type of person you are becoming. Every relationship should help you better define what type of person you are looking for and what type of person you are becoming. 
So dating should guide you towards marriage. You should always have that in mind, even from a young age, that I am dating to find a spouse, to find with someone that I will be with forever. So here's some questions to help you realize if you're going in that direction. Are you finding out more about what you want in a future spouse through your relationships? Like maybe you date someone and you, hate, you like hate everything about them. Well, now you know some things you don't want in your spouse. Maybe you date someone and you really like them and then they break your heart. And you're like, what was the point of that? The point was you found some things you really care about, some characteristics that you really care about in that person. So that's what you should be looking for next time. Someone like them. And in that way, you're getting closer to finding a spouse. Now it eliminates a bunch of other people that you really don't need to spend your time with and you don't need to waste their time. They don't need to waste your time. You don't need to have this pain of a relationship because you know you just shouldn't be with them. Here's another question. Are you becoming the person your future spouse is looking for? One of the best things my dad ever taught me was, Ryan, you can't control who other people are, but you can control who you are becoming. And this isn't to scare you, but what if, the, the, the saddest thing would be for one day you to find the person of your dreams, your soulmate, and you aren't theirs. Because they look at you and they say, you don't have anything that I want. And maybe, maybe you just weren't meant to be together. Maybe, maybe they just weren't the person for you. But what we want to do is we want to put ourselves in a position that when that person sees us, they're loving. They're honest. When you find that person, they find you. They find what they're looking for. And our dating relationship should help us become that person. I, knew, I know that I messed up in that way in that relationship. Let me fix that in my next relationship. And along with that, are your relationships becoming better or worse? And this isn't like a perfect science, but like generally, are your relationships becoming shorter and shorter? More and more fights? More and more um, sexually impure? less and less compatible with people, if you're going in a bad direction, you're not going towards marriage. Or are your relationships getting better? Generally, not, not every single one's getting better, but generally your relationships are getting better, more mature, more loving. You're finding people with a little bit more of what you're looking for. You know, sometimes people will say, I just keep getting in these bad relationships. <sighs> Usually, they're getting themselves into those bad relationships because they're not dating with the end in mind. They're not dating to find a mate. They're not dating looking for a spouse. They're just looking for the next date, the next boyfriend, the next girlfriend. See, when you date with no purpose, you are wasting your time and theirs. And guess what you can't get back? No matter how good looking you are, no matter how rich you are, you can't get back time. And you aren't honoring or loving the other person if you lead them on, if you waste their time. You're not. You're not honoring and loving them because you're just stringing along a relationship. You're not. You're essentially, when you start relationships that you know they aren't going to last, what you're doing is you're essentially starting something that is going to end poorly and cause pain. When you start a relationship and you're not looking to marriage, you're not looking to a spouse, you're not trying to go somewhere in dating, you're starting something that is only going to cause pain for both of you or at least one of you. So, so here's, here's just a simple piece of advice. If you're in a relationship, no matter how old you are, 
and you know that that person does not have the qualities of the person that you want to be with for the rest of your life, break up. You might even like them still. But if you know it's not going anywhere, you know it's not going to marriage, break up. That is valuing them. That is valuing yourself. That is honoring them. That's honoring yourself. That's honoring God. It's being honest. It's dating with the end in mind. It's dating with finding a mate in mind. And maybe you think, hey, we can get married. Now, now let me tell you something, and this isn't to rain on your parade, but 99% of high school relationships do not end in marriage. It's very, very, very rare. Maybe one or two couples in your entire high school will end up being married. But let's say you're with someone and you're like, we're different. We're going to stay together. Okay, all right. Then date that person with the end in mind. Honor them in a way, value them in a way, treat them in a way, treat the relationship in a way, prioritize the relationship in a way with marriage in mind. Don't treat it like trash. Don't treat them like trash. You're not moving towards marriage in that way. Date with the end in mind. If you're with someone you think I could be with for the rest of my life, date with the end in mind. Treat them sir, to marriage. Now maybe, you should, maybe you're asking the question at this point, well, should I date? How do I know if I should date? Here, here's how you know you should date. Or how you know if you're ready to date. If you aren't willing to date with a purpose, if you aren't willing to date to find a mate, if you aren't willing to date with the end in mind, you aren't mature enough to date. I don't care how mature you think you are, how cool you think you are, how good looking you are, how old you are. If you're not, you could be 35, 40. If you're not willing to date to find a mate, you're not mature enough to date. Maybe you need to step away for a certain amount of time from dating. Maybe you just need to not date anyone. Maybe you need to reevaluate why you're dating. Because ultimately, if you are not dating to find a mate, you're not mature enough to date. If, if quote-unquote, just talking, if just talking is a stage before dating, like you're just getting to know each other, you're texting, all that kind of stuff, cool. There's no problem with that. But if just talking is just a cycle that you never get out of, you talk to this girl, you talk to this guy, you talk to this girl, you talk to this guy, you talk to this guy, 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 and, and like it's just one after another, and it's all these little, little, um, interests in other people, but it never goes anywhere, or you talk to someone and just hook up with them for a year, like you aren't ready to date. You've got to stop doing that. You're dishonoring the other person. You're dishonoring God. You're wasting time. You're wasting feelings. And you're not valuing. So if you aren't willing to date with a purpose, you aren't mature enough to date. Now here's why all of this matters. Here's why all this matters, and here's where it's leading us into next week. When you understand why you date, when you understand why you date, when you understand why you date, it changes who you date. When you know you're dating to find marriage, to find a spouse, it will change who you date. It will change who you look for, what you're looking for in a boyfriend or girlfriend, what you're looking for in a future spouse. Your relationships of the past will teach you what to look for in the future. When you understand why you date, it changes who you date. Let me pray for you. And then we'll close in worship. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we would understand that you have given us dating, you've given us marriages. It is a gift. But Lord, we need to take it 
and use it wisely. Lord, help us honor you in our relationships, in the way we pursue people, in the way we treat people, in the way we talk to people. Help us love others as you have loved us. And Lord, help us value other people in a world and in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in an area of life that people do not value other people. Help us value others as greater than ourselves. Help us value that guy. Help us value that girl, that boyfriend, that girlfriend. Help us value them and love them as greater than ourselves. Lord, help us be like you in our dating relationships and reflect your glory. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen.